This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's remarkable that there are so many people who make a living supposedly bringing you information, and they're supposed to have an excellent grasp of what's going on, of the facts, and, and they should be discerning in their judgment, right? The, the news media, the journalists, the experts in different fields, they're supposed to be able to enlighten the public. And yet when we see very obvious things happening, we can see clear cause and effect. They're always the ones, the corporate media, the so-called expert class, the elites, that can't draw the most straightforward conclusion. You see this with the huge spike in murders and violent crime last year in the United States, which we'll certainly be talking about. You see this uh, with stories like the Hunter Biden laptop, which we'll be discussing, where just now NPR has come out and said, yeah, you know what? We we probably shouldn't have said that that was debunked. They've still never apologized for the Russia collusion madness, which is the most absurd and and insane uh, conspiracy theory to have ever gripped at least in the modern era the the media in a way that changed the the future of the country i mean the the way that the corporate media were able to come together and do everything in their power to make sure that donald trump wouldn't win re-election including by spewing all kinds of lies and acting like they're dumber than they actually are uh it was quite a sight to behold we'll we'll be discussing much of that today on the show Um, But as you know, if you trust the gatekeepers, if you trust the people that are able to present you some information as they see fit, uh, you're going to end up being poorly informed, misinformed. And social media sites are no better. Uh, The left wants to silence and remove any voices they don't agree with. Twitter and Facebook were supposed to be open platforms. I don't need their content moderators acting like the op-ed section of The New York Times, Okay, Neither do you. So instead of letting social media sites revoke your right to free speech, how about revoking their right to your data? This is what I do. I use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN anonymizes a lot of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. And ExpressVPN couldn't be easier to set up. You just tap one button on your phone or computer and you're protected. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data to protect you from hackers and internet bad guys. It's finally time to say no to censorship and take back your online privacy at expressvpn.com slash buck. That's right. Just go right now online to expressvpn.com slash buck. By visiting that link, you'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free. That's expressvpn.com slash buck to protect your data today are you seeing it clearly enough yet that the biden administration is all rooted in built upon a fraud i told you this was going to be a trojan horse presidency i I told you that this would be a case in which we'd see that the president of the united states was just doing the bidding of the far left while pretending to be something other than a leftist progressive authoritarian and that that's why at this time in this moment biden was the perfect candidate for the democrats because he's such a phony he's such a fraud that it was able to fool enough people sadly in a pandemic year and now we're stuck with this guy now we've got somebody who is i mean he's lying all the time he's lying about all kinds of stuff his whole presidency in effect is built on a lie and, and even people who you would think would be on his team are starting to say, yeah, you know, he he is a Trojan horse. How many times you can go back and and see? I'm, I'm sure there are even whole episodes of the Buck Sexton show that we titled with something like Biden is a Trojan horse, that that was the whole point here was that it was a, a fundamental dishonesty about the Biden administration that, oh, you know, Joe's been in politics so long, he's. You know, he's good old blue collar Joe. You can trust him. Here are some political reporters talking about this one. And, and even they and remember, Politico's Democrats, they're pretty left wing. They're very left wing in many cases. They're saying, yeah, it's true. Biden is a Trojan horse. Play 10. 
He's right. President Biden has been operating as a progressive. And he, the reason is, one, we, we spent all, what, two years of the campaign, um, him being the most moderate of the Democratic Party. After all of those debates and talking with Bernie and having, you know, figuring out that Democratic Party platform, the progressives got a lot of wins. And the reason we still, we, the collectively, not Tara and I, talk about him as a moderate is because his decades of operating as a moderate, but also because he's like an old white guy and he doesn't look like a progressive, right? People, we have this stereotype in our head of what a progressive looks like, looks like, and sounds like. And he and he talks more calmly than Bernie Sanders, who's also an old white man, who's obviously a progressive, um, but he doesn't. They have a very different way of of approaching things, right? Bernie Sanders is very like in your face, and Joe Biden's not. He's a little. There's more dulcet tones, and you know, I, I keep asking Eugene to write this piece. Um, you know, maybe a Saturday playbook. Trump was right. Oh my God! You're gonna, you are not getting me in trouble. <laughs> Expect that story and and all of the outrage that will follow when we use the words Trump was right. <laughs> you trying to get Biden is a Trojan horse. <laughs> Trump was right. Biden is a Trojan horse for progressives. Uh, that was Tara Palmieri of, of Politico there. And I know that they're saying it there. They're trying to be a little provocative. They're joking around with each other. But it's obvious. That's actually what's happened. That is what's going on in the country right now. Biden is a Trojan horse. The reason that the Democrats put Biden forward, the reason the Democrat establishment swooped in, you remember, it was looking like it was going to be Bernie or Warren. And then the Democrat establishment decided to turn the screws, decided to bring the pressure to bear. And right in time, you had people drop out just so that Joe Biden could get the necessary votes in the primary and become the candidate because they saw that while the country was reeling from a pandemic and while people were scared, this pretense of the grandfatherly figure that you could trust, you know, yeah, you know, Joe Biden, he sort of just just stares into the camera and uses canned phrases. And, you know, how scary can this guy be? You, you feel like he's scared of the stairs going up to Air Force One. I mean, how, how bad? You know, everyone understands that the Democrat Party is further left than it has ever been in my lifetime, certainly. And, and I argue at least in the last 50 or 60 years relatively to, to where the rest of the country is. The Democrat Party has gone far left. The country is not with them. So what, how do you win? How do you win in a country where 30% are lunatic progressive leftists, but you need to get to 51% to force your will upon the other 49%? How do you do that? Well, you put forward someone like Joe Biden, who is dishonest about what he's really going to do, what he really stands for. You know, you look at all these executive orders. He didn't say he was going to shut down the Keystone XL pipeline during the candidacy. He, did, he didn't say he was going to make uh, biological males able to compete against bio, uh, biological females, also known as males competing against females in sports. He didn't say that. I mean, you go down a whole list of things. He didn't promise to kick the border wide open. And look at what we're dealing with. He didn't say he was going to spend, try to spend in the first year of his presidency, uh, what a, a few trillion dollars a few trillion dollars on on items that if they were bipartisan in nature if it was just about covid relief or just about getting the economy back up and running getting out of the way helping people who need help they would get republican votes they got multiple packages passed when republicans were in the majority in the last year of the trump presidency so this is now a, a matter of fact. Republicans will play ball with the other side to help the American people. Democrats are like, our way or the highway. You know, you can you can have a nice warm glass. Of shut the heck up. That's that's their version of outreach, of unity, of a moderate. And you're seeing this with with everything that Joe Biden's doing on, on, a, on a major level. Everything that's going on here with this Biden administration lines up with exactly what we expected um here's even you know chris christie's a big critic of donald trump in many ways has been a big critic of donald trump here he is on the i told you yesterday i mean the, the title of our show uh, yesterday was that the Biden administration's lying to you about the georgia 
voting law. The Biden administration is lying to you about it. They are. They're lying to you about it. You don't have to take just my word for it. Here's Chris Christie. Play 11. So here he is doing exactly what he accused President Trump of doing um, back during the campaign and doing it in a way that is just brutally bad. I mean, even the Washington Post gave him four Pinocchios for the statements that he made. The Washington Post guy. You can imagine how it pained them to have to do that to their their hero, this Democratic president. Listen, the, the Georgia law is a reasonable law. It is a smart law. And I'll tell you something else. You know, it still stuns me. And I had this fight in New Jersey and lost it because of my Democratic legislature. I had to show ID to go into an office building for an appointment, but I don't have to show ID to vote. And now you have to show if the Democrats get their way, a covid passport to go pretty much anywhere. That's what they're pushing for. They're hoping the private sector will do their dirty work for them. But remember, the government has many ways of coercing the private sector. And so they're just using them as an agent here of the uh, of the control and an agent of the oppression that the government doesn't want to actually have placed at its at its feet, doesn't want to be held responsible for. Yeah, Biden's the whole Georgia push. They're just lying. They're lying about it. They're shamelessly lying about it. It doesn't matter. They don't care. Now, I bring this up because, for many reasons. One of them is that, do you remember how much they told you about how Trump was dishonest? How They, they would run news stories. Oh, Trump has told 15,000 lies, they would say. You know, Trump is... And then you'd say, okay, what's... And, and I sit here to say, you know, what was the lie that Trump told before the whole election thing came down and Trump believed that they had stolen the election from him? What was the thing that Trump said when he was president on a policy matter that was an egregious lie the way Joe Biden is straight up lying about what's going on in Georgia? Just he's just being mendacious. He, it doesn't matter. You know, they, they talk about lies with Trump, and it was usually things like Trump saying he's the greatest or he's the best. He's lying. No, what's going on in Georgia is a lie that really matters. What's going on in Georgia is a problem. Uh, meaning the, the lies about it is a problem. And yet the people that were so quick to tell you that their jobs were to speak truth to power and to separate fact from fiction overwhelmingly, not all of them, because it's so obvious. I mean, if, if you believe what Biden's saying about Georgia, you're just not very smart or very well informed. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people, a lot of people who voted for Biden who fall into that category. Uh, that That's the plan here. To just keep going with it, keep pushing. It doesn't matter. They don't care. They believe it, or even if they don't believe it, they know that it's useful for them politically. But there are many lies in and around this Biden administration already, and it's only going to get worse because their governance is incompetent. These people don't have a good vision for the country. Well, I think one lesson he learned is that putting the vice president in charge of working with these countries can be very effective. And that's one reason why he asked Vice President Harris to lead this effort in his administration to focus on trying to deal with the root causes of this migration. As the president said at his press conference, parents don't send their minor children on a multi-thousand mile hazardous journey as a frolic or detour. They do it because conditions where they are living are so desperate because of natural disasters, because of economic collapses, because of crime and violence. Conditions are so desperate that they feel like they have no choice. We can, our best way to attack this migration issue is to help these countries uh, rebuild their economies and make life in Guatemala, in El Salvador, in Honduras, uh, more uh, more uh, commodious for the people who live there. Uh, let people live their lives where they want to live their lives, in their home countries. That is what uh, Vice President Joe Biden worked on. That's now what Vice President Harris is going to work on on behalf of the administration. Oh, the help is on the way here. Help is on the way with the vice president. Help is on the way with the vice president. Oh, my. Yeah, she's going to fix this. It's going to make things more commodious, Ron Klain says. Let's make things more commodious in Central America. Uh, is Ron Klain a moron? I mean, you, you have to think for a second out loud about this. You, you have to ask the question, is he a moron? Yeah, the way we're going to fix this problem is we're going to fix 
Guatemala and Honduras and El Salvador. We're going to fix them so well that people in those countries would rather stay there than come to America when they have the choice of just showing up and staying in America forever. You know, there was a, I think it was a recent Gallup survey that suggested that there are at least 40 million people in Latin America who would come to who would come to America permanently tomorrow if they could. 40 million. I'm just wondering, are Democrats? Is that the plan? Uh, I think it is, by the way. They just want to spread the 40 million out over the next, you know, 10 to 20 years. But I think that is the plan. And you have to wonder, what do they really think the likelihood is that they'll be able to turn around a Central American country ever, but in the next four years even? Let's just look at this in terms of an election cycle. Really, the, the plan here, the focus of the argument is going to be how do we make Guatemala stable, secure and happy as a country? Uh, that hasn't worked out in a lot of other places all over the world where we've tried it, including places where we've sent a lot of soldiers, spent Billions and billions of dollars trying to rebuild for them still hasn't really worked. We're going to try to do this now. I mean, this is this is an unserious thing. An intelligent person doesn't say this out loud. Yeah, we're going to make things in those countries so much better. Really? Are we going to create stable rule of law, the most dynamic economy in the history of the world, a massive welfare state? incredible abundance and relative safety and we're going to do that for central american countries really that's a magic trick he's talking about pulling i mean that's fantasy land stuff but that's the white house chief of staff speaking about how oh kamala harris is going to work with these countries now to improve things notice how they also suggest that these countries there's the only reason they're having problems natural disasters you know economic issues that are, I'm sure, beyond beyond their control. I mean, here's if you're really wondering, uh, I mean, AOC, who is the spiritual leader of the Democratic Party today? She is the spiritual leader. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is, you know, still clings to power as a decrepit power mad old woman. I mean, but she does. But Pelosi uh, isn't the one that really speaks to the id. Does, does she doesn't speak to the the central part of the of the progressive left brain. AOC does. And here's where her mind is on this border issue. Play seven. But when you rip a baby out of the hands of a mother, you cannot draw the same comparison. And anyone who is trying to do that is doing a profound disservice to the cause of justice. So I don't want to excuse any of this, but I'm also, I don't think we should also get them twisted together because one is not the same and we cannot dust that under the rug. And by the way, those families are owed reparations, period. Reparations. You now are going to, according to the AOC view of the world, uh, you should be paying as a taxpayer in this country. You should have a debt, a financial debt to people that came into this country illegally that violated violated U.S. law. Uh, you should have to send them a, or, or the government should send them a check on your behalf. That's the mentality. And, and understand that's the mentality in so many ways of the Democrats right now. The Democrat Party believes, I mean, if you go ask a, a progressive, I mean, they'll probably say crazy stuff to you about a lot of things, and I can't be held responsible for the insanity they spew in your direction, but ask a progressive, is Central America having problems right now because of the United States? Is, is it essentially all our fault? A lot of them will tell you yes, that, that Central America is poor and lawless and violent uh, and by the way, not all of Central America, obviously, Costa Rica is doing well and you know, Panama is doing pretty well. And Nicaragua is actually a relatively safe country now. I mean, but the, the Northern Triangle countries, right, are, are they doing poorly as countries because of America? The answer the Democrats believe is yes. It's our fault. You see, it's always our fault because that then allows the preferred group to become victims, they have victim status, and we are the victimizers 
as Americans. Therefore, we're responsible for making this right. We're responsible for improving the situation of all of these migrants. It's not that we're being kind and generous by taking them in. We owe it to them. We owe them. Now, AOC just touched on this mentality with the reparations for these migrant families. But I'm telling you, this is a much more widespread belief. And this is really at the center of the way the left views all American foreign policy, international relations. Remember Obama, all the bowing, all the apologizing for, you know, insufficient respect from the United States for Islamic countries or whatever throughout history. Remember all that? That's just symbolic. It's, it's emblematic of the way Democrats view U.S. foreign relations. We mess everything up. We're the bad guys. And we have to fix it. We're obligated to fix it. And if if the best way to fix it in their minds is to just allow anybody from these countries that we've messed up to come here and it's all on us. Great. Or it's our fault because of climate change. You know, they call them climate refugees sometimes, including from Central America, because there was a bad storm a year ago or two years ago or something. And so now it's and we look at the logic. We do the most damage to the environment, according to Americans, even though that's not uh, leftists, even though that's not true. But they'll say that, you know, we're the main reason for fossil fuel usage around the world. Therefore, we are responsible for the climate change that causes the climate refugees. It is really frustrating to try to have an honest and open conversation uh, in public about what's going on right now with uh, covid lockdowns and and the, the public health guidance, you know, they're telling us once again, oh, we've got to all be uh, terrified. We got another surge happening. And what do you think they're 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 claiming is the reason for the surge? Well, it's because of it's it's your fault. You see, it's not that this virus just has a life cycle that it goes through at different times in different places. And they really have no idea why it spreads the way it does at different times. They, they It's not that or there are so many different reasons for it that they can't pin it on one. No, it's it's we're not listening to Fauci enough. That's what they'll say. That's what they'll tell you. And if you have a problem with that, like I said, you're you're a bad person and they'll even shut you down. I can't tell you how many of these posts on social media I, I have where they'll, it'll say for more CDC information, go to CDC.gov or for more covid information, go to the following website. And it's just meant to tell you Big Brother is watching you. That's what that's all about. You know, the social media companies have decided that they are firmly on the side of Fauciism and the little health Stalinist Fauci is a health policy Stalinist is out there and they're supporting him with everything that they can. Um, and of course, the tech companies, you know, just had a big rally. And so they're doing well. So they're they're fine during this lockdown. The tech workers, tech companies, they're just great. You know, if you've tried to share your political opinions about anything on social media lately, though, you know, it's really hard to have a civil conversation. Luckily, there's caucusroom.com. That's a social media network exclusively for conservatives. Caucusroom is an online community for conservatives to gather and engage locally. It's only real people who are verified conservatives who can become caucusroom members. But caucusroom will never share your information with anyone ever. The sign up process ensures you're communicating with real conservatives in your neighborhood. No bots or trolls. It's a great way to get engaged on issues where you can make the biggest difference locally. At Caucus Room, you can participate in live virtual meetings that are so secure the platform played host to over a dozen virtual Republican Party conventions last year. Also, share news, jokes, and find ways to get involved with causes near you without the fear of Silicon Valley overlords stepping in and stopping you. Caucus Room is made by conservatives for conservatives to get organized and make a difference. Join the Buck Sexton listeners group right now on caucusroom.com. That's right. There's a Buck Sexton listeners group on caucusroom.com. That's C-A-U-C-U-S-R-O-O-M.com to interact with other listeners from Team Buck just like you. We heard the CDC director talk of impending doom as people loosen up and gather. Do you share her concern? Well, you know, I, I don't know if I would use the word impending doom. I, I, you know, if, if you talk to to Dr. Olinsky, which we do every single day, the point she's making is a very valid point. We're seeing the cases that have plateaued over the last couple of weeks, and now they're starting to inch up. So the point that she was making was very valid. It's a very valid point to say there's impending doom. Maybe not use those words because that's psychotic, but, you know, it's valid. 
to say, you know, bad things are coming. So, you know, you know what you do, everybody? You know how we you know how we stop this virus right in its tracks? I mean, you know, maybe not because it's been terrible for over a year now. But, you know, what, what, what we say is mitigation measures. You need those mitigation measures. Okay. Going to go back into this now, huh? The state that got rid of the mask mandate, Texas, doing fine. Cases going down. States that keep them, like New York and New Jersey, California, they're having a really rough time right now. But still... Even even when you're running the experiment and it shows you the results, when the lockdown left doesn't like the results, they ignore them. They just put Fauci back on TV to talk about the measures. Oh, okay. Well, this is this is where I'm I'm going to have to tell you that if we keep listening to these people, there we got we got a couple of problems here. Um, if we keep listening to them, this is not going to stop for another year. And I know that sounds extreme, but it's going to keep happening for now. That doesn't mean it'll be the same for the next 12 months, but they're going to be right in the background, ready to tell you, first of all, you're, you're wearing masks for another year easily. If, if we continue to listen to these people, we're wearing masks for another year. And remember, masks are also a symbol. And with masks comes a whole lot of other policies, too. Everyone's wearing masks. Well, I guess we got to lock down businesses. Everyone's locking down businesses. Oh, I guess we got to socially distance from each other, not just outside, but also in inside of uh, buildings and inside of private homes. And, you know, it all comes together that way. That's how it happens. Masks are the gateway drug, if you will, to lock down lunacy. That's what we've seen. Once everyone starts masking up, it's well, you know, we're we're already obeying. We're already bending the knee and dehumanizing ourselves. And do not ever forget that for apparently about 100 years, wearing masks was not considered an effective public health measure against aerosolized virus in the United States or the Western world for about 100 years. And it wasn't even in, at the beginning of this pandemic. But then they changed that guidance 180 degrees. In fact, more than that, because now it's double masking, as you know. And if you have any issues, if you question this at all, you, you don't believe the science. Right, because viral particles in the air that are moving in a flow that we can't even begin to actually trace and understand in any meaningful way. Those are, are those must be stopped by a loosely fitted piece of cloth around your mouth that you pull down and pull up, depending on if you're eating or where you are, or what you're doing, you know, but oh, no, it's a great it's a great tool. It really saves us. Uh, huge. That's why it works so well that when they actually look at places that implement mandates, it has about a 1.5%, which is within the margin of error, according to the CDC's own numbers, efficacy. 1.5%, over 60 days. It's a long time. Eh, but don't ask any questions, peasant. Just listen to uh, advisors like this guy, Osterholm. Um, listen to him. We've got this up on BuckSexton.com right now. It's a story you should check out. Biden advisor. OK, Biden advisor. We are in another surge of covid-19. And what is he saying is happening? What does he say we have to do about this? Well, producer Mark, play 18. And right now, get ready for this surge. You know, Alice and I take no comfort at all. But I'm telling you right now, as you just said, we are just beginning this surge and our denying it is not going to help us. We are walking into the mouth of this virus monster as if somehow we don't know it's here and it is here. Now is the time to uh, do all the things that we must do to slow down transmission, not open up. And we got to get more vaccine out to more people. See, this is going to be this is going to be the way it is for at least the next. Well, actually, the end the, the, for the rest of this year, for the rest of this year, you're going to be hearing about how, oh, we haven't gotten everyone the vaccine. So everyone hide everyone. You can't do anything. Oh, no, I just got covid what, what, uh, 10 days ago. I've been obeying all the rules and regulations. I have no idea how I got it. And you know that I hate obeying the rules, but I have no choice. But I did obey them. No idea how I got it. C can't even begin to tell you where it came from or anything else. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who have also gotten COVID in the last couple of weeks in New York. And they, they always have the same thing of, I have no idea. And I'm saying, yeah, of course you have no idea. This is, you can see virus with an electron microscope, friends, you know, this, we have no real sense of how a lot of this 
uh, a lot of this virus is spreading all across the country in terms of where it's happening. We know it's happening. We know it's happening in large numbers. But, you know, are, are, are people getting it? They say it's because of 15 minutes of close personal contact. Uh, I, I can't think of anybody who I was in close personal contact with who was at least sick with virus. So then it's, oh, maybe it's asymptomatic spread. But the point is, there's so many different ways. They don't know how, how people are getting this. And they're, they're acting like the mitigation measures, as Fauci calls them, have been some success. We have over a half a million people that have died from this. We have over 30 million cases that are confirmed. I mean, they don't notice they don't even try to do serology testing anymore. They don't even try to extrapolate, really. If we have 30 million confirmed tests, how many actual infections do we think there? I mean, confirmed positives, I mean. How many actual infections are there? in this country over the last 13 months, really longer than that, because the virus was spreading even, you know, in the end of 2019. But how, how many people do you think have gotten this? You know, are, are we going to get to a point? I'm just putting this out there where when we really look at this, we'll see that 30, 40, maybe even 50 percent of the country got the virus. That's going to be a, a real moment of recognition for the country. When I say got it over some period of time, they they were exposed to it. They had an infection. Maybe it was totally asymptomatic. Maybe they were fine. But is that really is that evidence of how effective all of these measures, the public health measures have been? Or is that just showing us that this virus just did what a virus does and spread all over the country? And we have a large population of people with comorbidities. We have a large population of people who are elderly, but are, are largely able to continue on because of the incredible medical system that we have. And so we suffered more than a lot of other places. Some places suffered more than we did, too. You know, that's always left out of this as well. You know, the this country has people who really believe that Trump and Trump supporters are the reason we didn't beat covid and that's a really stupid position when you just spend two minutes thinking about it. Because you say, well, hold on a second. Why did the UK have a higher per capita death rate than the United States with its socialized health care, by the way? Why does France? Well, France, I think, might be a little bit behind us, actually. Not a great example, but close. It's very close to us. Why does Spain, which is worse, and Italy, which is worse, and Belgium, which is worse? Why was it Trump supporters? Were Trump supporters the reason that those countries had a higher death rate from this virus? Or is this just a really dangerous and rapidly spreading more than anything virus that some populations are more susceptible to than others? That some, you know, population density and and just some cultures are more able to withstand than others? I mean, you know, you, you look, there's so many different factors, but they act like. We if we all we just listen to them, it would all be taken care of. So is the answer then that people in in Italy and in Spain and in Belgium just didn't listen to the authorities? That's the belief now. Hmm. But people in other countries, oh, they listen so much more. I, I always think it's so funny. People say New Zealand. Yeah. If we lived on a tiny island with more sheep than people. True fact, by the way. Um, we might have been able to contain the virus if we were also willing to go into long extended Actual lockdowns. You have to remember, lockdown in America means the, you know, the elites and the, you know, the college educated Uber Eats ordering work from the couch Zoom meeting class gets to just stay home and watch Netflix and order in food while essential workers, grocery store clerks uh, delivery people, cops, firefighters, you know, etc. They all still do their jobs. So what lockdown has really meant in a lot of places in this country is that upper middle class and above people get to just sit around on the couch, do what they want to do, order in exotic food if they live in a city and, you know, buy things on Amazon and feel really self-righteous as they post their mask photos while Working class people have to show up and do stuff and still get the virus and still, you know, pass it on to their families and so forth. That's what lockdown has actually meant in America, in addition to the destruction of thousands, tens of hundreds of thousands of businesses. We don't even know. In addition to the uh, the deaths from suicide, deaths of despair, 
the loss of a year of study for children that are never going to be able to catch up to their peers as a result. We were never in this together, friends. That was one of the there have been many lies told about this. That was one of the biggest ones. We're not in this together. There are some people that are fine with this, that like this, that benefit from this lockdown. And there are others who suffer the consequences of the Fauciite absurdity. They absolutely should. You know, where is AT&T on this? You know, these big companies, corporations and businesses, these are their customers who are being affected, intimidated, suppressed and who will not be able to participate in our democracy, which, as you pointed out, uh, whether it's service members on the field of battle, whether it's civil rights marchers and freedom riders, people have given their lives in order to protect and promote the right to vote. And that's being taken away yes. from our fellow Texans, our fellow Americans at a level not seen since the Voting Rights Act passage in 1965. This is the greatest coordinated attack on democracy we've seen in our lifetimes. And it's happening right so, here in Texas it's now ground zero. I mean, Democrats are a bunch of hysterical loons, apparently, at least their leadership, their elected officials, the people who go on TV to represent their ideas. Here's Beto talking about how it's like the biggest assault on our democracy ever. Really? Notice that there's never any specifics in this. It's just all rhetoric. It's all lies. It's lies. They're lying to you. No problem. The lies work. As long as the lies work, then it's... uh. No big deal. And, you know, Beto is a perfect example of somebody who uh, appeals to the dumbest and most self-righteous members of the Democrat Party. You know, the people who vote for Biden, who really think that taking a photo and putting it on Facebook that shows the masking makes them better people than you. You know, that they're a better person than you are. Uh, those same people hear Beto O'Rourke and they say, Oh, yeah, see, the greatest assault on democracy and it's all racism. And this is like the destruction of the Civil Rights Act and it, because they want voter ID for absentee ballots. Do you know the, the polling all shows that majorities of, of Americans across all categories that they look at? Uh, and overall, it's something like 75 percent all in of Americans believe in voter ID. 75%. You can't get 75% of Americans to agree on very many serious political decisions of any kind these days. But 75% support voter ID. And yet, Democrats run around saying voter ID is racist. Because the 30%, roughly, I guess it's 25%, but I always like to say the 30% 30 of, you know, super left-wingers out there um, and I know it's not the same number set we're talking about, so I'm getting my numbers all mixed up here. But I would say about 30 percent of the Democrat Party is just insane. And it doesn't matter that about 75 percent of all Americans believe that voter ID is a good thing. The, the crazy wing of the Democrat Party likes the narrative, likes the storyline that it is racist. It's racist to bring this up, racist to feel that way. Uh, that that voter ID is legitimate. You can't. You're not allowed to say that. Not allowed to do it. And so that's why you have you have really, I mean, morons like Beto. O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke is a dumbass. He's not a smart man. He married a rich lady, and now he goes around and he kind of looks the part and sounds the part. This guy's like a glorified actor, very much like Joe Biden. In fact, Joe Biden is really an actor. He's been an actor for a long time. Doesn't really stand for anything. Not a thoughtful guy. Doesn't really have any beliefs. But, you know, he kind of wears the suits and, you know, says the words and, you know, that's all he's got to do. I mean, the guy was the senator from Delaware, for heaven's sakes. No offense to Delaware. Actually, he has some great beaches, some really cool places in Delaware. But, you know, not exactly a political powerhouse, folks. And, and now he's the president of the United States. This guy won like 1% of the vote when he ran in 2008. I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating. I think it was maybe 2%. It was something... That's among Democrats. Nobody wanted this guy to be president. But oh, but the great the great fraud of this election was was the was the forced forgetting uh, by the Democrat Party of who even they knew Joe Biden was. Even they know who this guy is. Um, but now they're just they're going to continue with this. They don't care. They're going to keep lying about this. 
and the, the Georgia situation is this this is their emotional impulse on display here. This is the Democrat Party's you know, emotion over reason and facts approach. Uh, and just wait until we get to the point where we can actually have a conversation about uh, where things stand with the Chauvin trial, because, you know, the Democrats are already they're aligning them. They're, they're lining themselves up to make this a huge referendum on the country and on racism. And it doesn't even matter what the outcome is. And I'll tell you, I, I believe I believe that they're going to uh, the jury is going to find Chauvin. This is my prediction. OK, so I could be wrong. I believe the jury's going to find Chauvin guilty of the lesser murder charge and and perhaps not the top. I don't think they'll find him guilty of the top count, but I think they'll find him guilty of the lesser murder charge. And and even then, that will not be considered justice. Right. The Democrat Party will use this. They will demagogue the issue recklessly and they'll make things worse for the actual American people, but it will help their power. And that's what really matters. Just like what we see in Georgia. They're lying. They're demagoguing based on the lies, but it helps Democrat Party power. That's all that matters. My question is, is the tone going to change out of the White House? Or, uh, the tone for a bill that limits voting access and makes it more difficult for people to engage in voting in Georgia? No, that's actually not what the, uh, the governor of Georgia has said. Well, I think that is not based in fact what the governor of Georgia has said. So, no, our tone is not changing. We have concerns about the specific components of the package, including the fact that it makes it harder and more difficult for people to vote by limiting absentee options, by making it uh, not viable, not possible for people to provide water to people who are in line, by not standardizing longer hours. So if you're making it harder to vote, no, we don't support that. Lies. Being lied to. Those are lies. Let's actually go through them. That's from the White House press secretary. Let's start with providing water to people in line. Does this law say, does this law mean that you that there is no provision of water to people? First of all, what are, is everyone? Is it is it like the Kalahari Desert or something? Is everyone dying of thirst in line to vote? So it's it's this tends to happen in November, folks. And oh, my gosh. You know, if without water in line, I mean, OK, some places, some people may want some water. Guess what? Polling places can set up water for people so they can have water there. That's fine. That's what the law actually says. The law also says they don't want people walking up and down the line, giving people things right before they vote. This is not complicated. All right. It doesn't stop people from getting water in line. It just means that you can't have electioneering going on while people are waiting in line to vote. You can set up if you're so worried about people, you can set up on the corner and give them food, and it's just 150 feet away from the poll, uh, the polling station. That's it. So no one's going to die here from starvation. All right, they're not being left in the middle of the Gobi Desert. And oh my God, what's going to happen? They can't get. I mean, but the Democrats, it's so shameless what they're doing. They're such liars. And then when she said that uh, that they're cutting off early voting, that's not true. Early voting hours, that's not accurate. Um, what was and there was a third. I mean, everything that she's saying, oh, that the, that they're cutting down on absentee voting. No, it actually says absentee voting is fine, but you just have to provide ID. Why doesn't she say that? Who who has the time and the and the, you know, the inclination to set up early voting and to, to do early voting, but they can't they can get a free state ID cost them nothing. But they can't do they, they can't do that. I mean, you can't cash a check. You can't do so many things. You can't get on an airplane unless you have an ID. But they pretend that all of a sudden when it comes to voting, asking people to have ID, even though 75 percent of the country is completely on board with it, is racist and bad. What a bunch. It's just they're just this, they're disgusting. These Democrats, it's gross. They're just lying to you. And they don't even care. And the media just goes along with it because they know. Do you realize what happens if a journalist really points out that what Jen Psaki saying here is either an outright falsehood, meaning it is a statement of fact that is 
untrue or that is highly misleading. I mean, to say that they're cutting back on absentee voting you know, options and not say, well, what does that mean? I mean, I, I could say that someone's cutting back on absentee voting because they insist that you have to be a resident of that state. Well, yeah, technically that's cutting back on absentee voting, but we all agree that that's fine. That's exactly what she's doing. Saying they're cutting back on absentee voting, comma, and leaving out that they're cutting back on it by not allowing people to vote without showing ID is intentionally dishonest. But that's the, the whole game here is to be intentionally dishonest. Their, their whole plan, the whole plot is to do just that. And that's what's going on. And it just drives, it just drives me mad. But if you are a journo right now, if you're a journo and you, um, you decide that you're going to speak the truth about this, not only does your inbox fill with hatred, people hate you. What are you doing? This is about, this is about stopping Trump. Don't you see? No, wait, Trump's not president anymore. It's really not about stopping Trump. It's actually about what's happening in the country right now, but the Democrats don't see it that way. Oh, Trump is, you know, he's waiting in the closet. He's waiting under the bed. He's, he's going to get them any moment now. And if you aren't on board for whatever it takes, if you're not on board for whatever it takes to defeat uh, the opposition to Biden, you are the enemy. That's the way our, our modern media, that's the way our, our journalists operate today. You, you are either with us or against us on everything when it comes to Biden. That's their approach. And uh, it's, it's distressing to see, but it's true. If they point out what's really happening here, if someone says, here's the truth of this situation, they could be ruined. Ruined. Um, and that's, what, that's the biggest advantage. Them. They lied about Trump and Russia collusion and the, all the, and the mainstream media, the corporate media went all in, all in on this. So they made up a huge story to destroy Trump. They will ignore and cover up anything to protect Biden. That's the environment we're in. That's, this, that's the situation in which we find ourselves. I, I'm, as you know, a, a critic of the overreach and the absurdity of what's going on here with lockdowns and how... We're never really going to get out of this if we allow these people to continue to make these decisions because there'll always be variants. There'll always be some cases. There'll always be a, you know, a 0.1 or a 0.001% chance that you could get COVID. Even if you're vaccinated, never you know a vaccinated. If we had 100% vaccination in this country, there'd be some people who get COVID. It would still happen. And we're nowhere near getting to 100% vaccination, as you know, and we're never ever actually going to get to 100% vaccination. But... Uh, the point is that there's always going to be some degree of risk involved, and we'd hand it over all those decisions about risk to people in lab coats who tell the Democrat Party what they want to hear. And I mean, when the CDC wants to control you, it's listen to the science, but when the science contradicts their narrative of, of control, it's all of a sudden, we can't be 100% sure. That's how it goes. And... That then brings me to this. Um, this really weirded me out. The well health safety rating advertisement that's going around here. Now, some of you may have seen this. I, I wouldn't really spend much time thinking about it except for just how creepy the whole thing is. And that they have in this advertisement for a service that is absurd, that is meaningless, and that is clearly just trying to exploit the overwrought fears and mass psychosis that has been inflicted upon all of us now by the COVID lockdowners. They have Jennifer Lopez, Lady Gaga, and Serena Williams, all of whom I can assure you are very expensive spokespersons for any advertisement. All of them in this ad. So they've clearly raised or have a lot of money at this company for the well health safety rating. You got to listen to this. Play one. 
If you want to get back to your favorite places and feel confident they have put your health and safety first, look for the Well Health Safety Seal. Look for the Well Health Safety Seal. Look for the Well Health Safety Seal. I'm Dr. Richard Carmona, the 17th Surgeon General of the United States of America. This is the Well Health Safety Seal from the International Well Building Institute, the global authority on healthy buildings. The Well Health Safety Rating was informed by years of research and input from hundreds of leading virologists, public health experts, epidemiologists, and building professionals around the world. You'll see it at schools, offices, banks, childcare centers, all the places we go. The Well Health Safety Seal means that we'll feel better going into restaurants, theaters, stores, hotels, stadiums, and all the places that we love. Everything may look the same, but the Well Health Safety Seal means that your health and safety are top of mind when it comes to cleaning and sanitizing procedures, air and water quality management, emergency preparedness programs, and health services. So look for the Well Health Safety Seal outside and feel more confident going inside. What the hell is this? I mean, what? Did you hear that ad? And they're running it all over the place. And I don't even, they got De Niro in there too. I mean, they got all these mega celebrities. The Well Health Safety Rating, they got the little, you know, mellow piano playing in the background, the whole thing. Oh, everything's fine. Because this place is in line with the international expert on safety inside of a building. I mean, this is, you see what's going on. This is a, a global market now of uh, exploitation of the mass psychosis that we're talking about here. There's nothing There's nothing they can do to know if there's virus in any of these establishments. That There's no way of checking. There's no safety seal for this. This is idiocy, obviously. But they'll charge you, you know, $4,000 or $2,000 or whatever it is. You get this seal of approval. And this is just, it's, it's almost, it's almost like protection money, mafia style, except instead of we'll break your kneecaps, it's, well, you know, nice business you got there. People might think there's some COVID flying around though, unless you get our well health, well health safety seal. God. 